It is Saturday, the 24th of October, 2020, and this is episode 385 of Digital Outbox. Hello, welcome to another Saturday recording episode, so it's going to be full of vim and vigour. I'm Chris and Ian is here to join in the frivolities. Uh, good, I was almost going to say good evening, good morning, Chris. Good morning. On 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 the proviso that I edit this today and you listen to it today, we can actually do a put your clocks forward warning. Ah, yes. So, and yeah, so it involves them downloading. In and fact, listen. no, put your clocks back. Yeah, full back. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. Actually, if they're listening next March, <laughs> they'd be all right. Which hour rate of episodes we might decay to that, that could be the next episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's almost as bad as the COVID uh, test and trace system that we have in our UK. Um, Microsoft, this is this is slightly older news now, but we thought we... Because it's been a little while since our last episode, this has happened since, so... Turns out that um, the test and trace system, the way they were collating results together, basically they were importing CSVs into Excel and then using Excel to bring them all into a central location. But they weren't just using Excel, they're using the old file format Excel on an old system. So all the data was getting delivered to, to, the, to the system in CSV files, but somewhere along the way, they realized that they were losing data and losing tests, which meant that people weren't being properly um traced um which is obviously quite an important part of a test and trace system it's um sort of part of the name uh but yeah that so embarrassingly they had to event early doors they had to say well there's something wrong and some users have gone missing then they had to say it was because of legacy systems and and really it was because it isn't really a system at all it's a, a manual process of using a couple of applications to draw data together and, and basically they were at a limitation of the number of rows you can have in an old excel file uh, whereas the xlsx format has got you know vastly more rows that you could use it but nevertheless using an excel format for massive data transfer doesn't seem like a, a very progressive thing to be doing no i mean considering the amount of money that's been talked about being spent on this. I mean, they're mm. talking about they've spent twelve billion on an app and the test and trace service, which is cut um, and paste into Excel. Yeah, and that and that's what opens up. Is it's like it, it's fr- someone called Fred said, "I can do that." Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I, so there's a, there's a bit of me. So so I, I know lots lot, lots of businesses do rely on Excel because it is really capable. You can hack something together really quickly. Sure. You can get you know you can mess around with your data, but to build a system around it to to you know to and even the I get. I felt a bit sorry because even the BBC headline, it was like, "Why are you using Microsoft's tool caused the COVID results mm. to be lost?" And it's like, well, it's not Microsoft's fault. No. You know, the tool's really capable. It's some idiot had been using a twelve-year-old version. Well, of it. Ultimately, you can you can see why. Um, you know, in a rush, you might put something together as a model yeah. and as a demo and of what you know, working out what kind of data you want. But you do expect that twelve billion pounds later something more than cut and paste into excel and or even if that's automated as a process which i'm sure it was uh, is is a little um small minded certainly not technology minded the, the worst bit was to handle the problem now to handle the problem you'd think yeah we've upgraded to a newer version or we've, we've went to some web service or we've gone to some other you know tool 
No, we're breaking down the test results into smaller batches to make it a larger number to create a larger number of Excel. What, what it'll end up being is that someone's got a library file that reads old Excel files and can process them into whatever, whereas it can't process newer Excel files really that don't poor. have an open source ch- library to rule out or something like that. Anyway, yeah, really poor. Uh, yeah, and let's hope that some of that twelve billion is planning for a better system in future. Um, in another case of spend money uh, for, for limited gain, G Suite is now Google Workspace. Google are very happy about changing that name because obviously it brings Google into the sort of uh, moniker and therefore it gets said around more and that they, they're, they're happy that their name gets used more like that. Um, Six million businesses do use it. So it's 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 not small fry by any, mean, um, any means and they've had a logo change off the back of it. Uh, I think more importantly for some business users, it also comes with an almost stealthy increase of about 50% in costs um, because to get the same features that they have in the existing G Suite, you know, depending on the feature set that they do end up using. Uh, yeah, it's going from, uh, I think it was, I think it was something like they could get the existing one for around $12 and now it's going up to 18 for the same feature set. Uh, it, could, it might even be a little bit more than that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a kind of... The, Lots of unhappy people on that front and also people sort of pointing out that the icons, whilst they now do have a family resemblance, you know, it kind of moves away from what people are you know, used to seeing. And therefore, you always have a drop in uh, capability at that point as people try and find their, um, you know, find their stuff. Um, yeah, I'd, the, the price bit had 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 missed me. It, it, I just thought this was another, you know, typical Google rebrand. Of I was ex- expecting there's a new chat service in here somewhere. You know, well, I think they've moved these rooms. So that everything is I guess, again supposedly more together. So they've moved rooms together, and now the collaboration between meeting rooms and stuff. I'm guessing this is really just a response to that COVID type. You know, we are all meeting and working virtually, and how do we emphasise that? But I think the number of tools that actually will end up being used. Uh, in this, you know, collaborative sense, that's up to the business, isn't it? And that's up to people changing their processes. What what amazes me is like, you know, so like, so we use Docs for like, you know, the the show notes for the podcast yeah. and stuff. And Docs is it's never really changed in years. And there's not that many other tools that do the kind of, you know, just ease of use, share a set of notes. Both can collaborate. You know, there's other tools that do it now. You know, Word can do it, and Pages can do it, but they all lag. Yeah, at, at work we use um, Doc. We we're a fully fully Doc based um, service, and mm-hmm. and and actually, we you know all of our all of our company reports, everything gets done inside Docs, yep. and we we don't have any issues with it. You know, it is a very good service. Um, Anyway, they've changed it, so you're going to have to go searching for your new icons. And if you're in that market, you probably have to spend a little bit more money to have what you had before. Uh, moving into sort of a, a, a couple of stories, or several stories around the move towards social networks, blocking and 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 hiding content. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Being the anyway. So we first we'll start with Trump. Uh, making more claims that COVID is is far less lethal than flu. Um, Well, that's been blocked across um, Facebook and Twitter. So Facebook outright deleted the post um, and Twitter does its normal. You can't retweet it um, in the normal way. You have to actually put it as a quote um, and they also block it from view saying it's a a misleading um, argument. Um, And and quite right, you know, because the... 
you know, it, it is false. You know, it's back to the narrative that he's trying to portray that this is, you know, it's done, it's over. Um, and it is dangerous information. Yeah, I mean, it still got retweeted 59,000 times and had 186,000 likes before it was blocked and removed. So you could say that the damage is already done at that point. It's done, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And exactly. that's what they're all, and that's that's the problem with this this level of moderation that they're using is it's always responsive. It's, you know, well, the thing has to exist because it doesn't get moderated before it gets released. Um, I wonder whether we're going to get to that. This is being temporarily held for moderation type uh, did talk, so there's been people talking about that 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 you know for some of these high profile accounts that are constantly abusing do you actually do you actually do a thing where it's like you know you can tweet but it needs to go to moderation first just just mm-hmm. to take away as you say you know fifty thousand retreats and you think then how that then spreads on you know it must be millions of eyeballs have viewed yeah, that yeah. before somebody's put that notice on it yeah um and obviously that it resulted in trump calling for the repeal of section 230 which is <laughs> the bit that says the platform has to be responsible for their own content um twitter's also announced that it's going to be uh, tightening all its rules on tweets around victory claims that can be provably said to be early um so obviously america works in a kind of strange way i don't fully understand it but they actually project winners um and that means that you never really get the true result uh, until further down the line and and often when you know even when it's found to be wrong they still have to persevere with it because it's it's called by their whatever their election caucuses or whatever they call them um but yeah so they're going to be stopping tweets claiming victory early to stop that uh influencing other people making calls um uh, and and facebook we've also seen saying they're going to be ripping down or are ripping down and ripping out any QAnon uh, conspiracy theory accounts uh, across facebook and across um uh instagram so quite a you know a lot you know three stories there all around these media services i say media services social media services taking control and, and acting as that moderator and arbiter of content now it's you know they've always said they don't want to do it they've been forced into it a bit by the you know the the legals of it all um and who knows where this who knows where that does end and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing but but one thing is for sure that the spread of false falsities is is surely not a good thing for a society yeah so the the, the change retweets already happened so that's now in place so you can you can quote tweet you just can't retweet um and we'll see if that's effective but, you know but but like like you say you know that there had to be something done. I, 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 I'm like you. I don't get the American system, you know. But this this idea that you can call on it, you know. Well, it seems like the newspapers you know, call the results, basically. Yeah, because it, cause it's all like you know, Fox News is calling Florida yeah. for, and it and it's like hours before voting stopped. Yeah, so, you know, so exactly. it's yeah. it's a bit weird. Yeah, um, and I think the, the QAnon stuff. I think, I think you know, definitely something had to be done. They were, you know, the the, the amount of. And it's amount of there was a there's an article three four weeks ago just linking back to what is coming from the kind of QAnon sources mm. and it's linked to you know, they talk about you know it started off with like Democrats are all you know into child pornography and some sort of links to it and you're like what well and you're then, hearing and more and more and more about the far left five, right the far left yeah the far left but you've but you've got the five G stuff and it's all linking back to QAnon and it's like this is these platforms are actually quite dangerous yeah. I mean, I guess the right's been accused of having the far right, but then that's been provably has existed and has had some pretty horrific historical connotations. Uh, the far left 
I think um, making a couple of, you know, escaping a couple of monkeys from activity. I, I am probably underplaying that far left story, but nevertheless, you, you know, you've not many people get cookies of being too liberal, right? Um, oh, and I sometimes wonder: is it our worldview that we're, we're not seeing? Yeah, you know the the this dangerous, you know, far left. But I just don't see it. No, there's definitely oh, going to be a part of it. Uh, conspiracy theories have, from absolute day one of the internet, been a massive part of the internet and the the part. You know, sure. it's always been there. I do think that, you know because the internet is becoming enhanced and especially in this time when we are now leaning on it more and more and more for our worldview and for where we get our news i think that conspiracy side of things is escalated i mean you know we see things that just seem unfathomable like like flat earth and and like all these other you know you know the moon landings have been around you know people have been questioning that for years and there's always a seed of something conspiratorial that, that starts these flows off but then people's imagination and people's willingness to sort of read what they want to read just does get out of control and, and and i think as a human species it's part of our makeup that we just we we get drawn into that conspiracy a bit easily and and that's why we're you know it, it is a dangerous thing i mean it's e- it's equally dangerous not to just listen to what you're told you should question things but nevertheless you should have a little bit of balance maybe about what you do question and which bits are worthwhile. But at the moment, the biggest kind of far left movement I'm seeing is, you know, try to get kids some free meals. You know, it's like... I mean, you can you can say things like Greenpeace um, and play people, organisations sure, like that when they become, um, you know, activists I, and, you know, and, and, and was, violently activists. Definitely. Yeah. So, so I was being flipped, but certainly the, the, the closest I think I can see to the QAnon stuff is maybe the kind of extinction, extinction rebellion kind of group. I'm probably saying that wrong, but you know they've been really, you know, it's almost like the fringe of Greenpeace, and they've been really, you know, out there with their protests. Hmm. You know, they're being disruptive. Um, I guess and, again, if it's like you say that, if your worldview does not fit with the perceived worldview, it, then you will feel like something is extreme, right? And it's almost as yeah. things are moving a little bit towards the right, or in my in my perception of things, that things are moving towards the right, you can then feel what it feels like to have a worldview that differs from the direction of things. And and when people are you know uh, are asking for more and more liberal based, you know, personal based choices. Um, that that does if you are not of that mindset it probably does feel like the world's moving in a direction that you're not happy with and i guess that's what we're feeling now right yeah yep uh u.s tech giants are being called accused of them or against their thing more and more things are coming in the news about their monopoly power so this is um democrat lawmakers in the u.s sort of they were they're urging some sort of breakup of this this you know the giant four the the google amazon facebook apple um and the fact that these companies do are, are so large and have so much money and they are involved in the selling as well as being the marketplace as well as being the judge jury as well as being you know it's almost like in this internet world these these companies are just controlling and have too much power and it's not just that they're limited to that power you know, inside of the country and the region that they are in, they have that power that spreads globally. And there's no government in the world that has that ability to spread that power globally. So in some ways, you can argue that they are outside of the control of, you know, any any one government, which is, I guess, an uncomfortable place um, for, uh, you know, a government to be in. Uh, yeah, so the report, it's a state, so the report really is calling for the kind of breakup 
of these big companies. You know, they're saying that you know if you look at a Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, they are they're they're too they have too much control. You know, so Facebook over the kind of social media side, Google probably advertising side, Amazon's you know shopping side, and Apple, I guess certainly in America, you know, product wise, you know, they sell the most. So it's they're they're looking at it as a you know recommendations are to start breaking things up and particularly you know, I think the obvious one is like Facebook so you know you own WhatsApp you own Instagram you know these are huge platforms and at any time a competitor comes along you just buy them I up think, or you clone them I think that's the, that's one of the biggest points right they're they're so they they are they've got so much money and you know marketplace influence that anytime any sort of disruptive force comes along they are able to squash it by by acquisition or by or by clone like you say um, it's and it's that's not a good thing in in our environment. We've already seen services that just come and go, even promising looking ones, because they get bought up, they get discarded, and they get they're not they don't form part of them in the future. And all these companies, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and all that, they came out of they were the disruptors, right? They were the ones that yep. caused that yep. disruption, and and now it's you know as as ever that relentless drive for bigger, better, larger, faster, you know, more money. Uh, investors and all that just drives them to be the the new oh, monoliths that need breaking up yep apple have become the ibm you know what i mean it's like that's what we joked about earlier this yeah. year and last year but they've done more than that haven't they because they are the biggest company in the world oh, yeah. provably at, at at certain times you know but that control over the app store you know is really you know it, it, you, we're going to touch on it later with microsoft and xbox again but it's really you um, know really yeah. damaging like I say they judge jury executioner and and they hold the keys to the marketplace as well as selling on that marketplace there you know it's not an even you know playing field and we've seen that with google and the fact that they sell adverts and they are the advert marketplace but they also advertise their own products and services you know it's it's all those things that they are us. but but equally they bring quite a lot of productivity to our world and removing them comes with pretty big big steps backwards in many cases as well um seeing a lot of movement around well we processors chips and general silicon um the, the relentless drive to improve things so we've intel have confirmed their um 11th gen um process is going to start coming 2021 they're having some manufacturing issues but in the meantime amd's come out with its zen 3 architecture which is the nice their sort of next best biggest thing um and they're all talking around the, you know, the, the miniaturization processes and, and, and how they're getting over those kind of hurdles. And I was watching some interesting things um, uh, on the YouTubes um, uh, around those sizes and how, 40, you know, we talk about seven nanometer processes, 10 nanometer processes, 14 nanometer processes. None of them mean anything. They don't relate to an actual measurement. It's just, it's a bit like, uh, um, you know, when Google says this is the 11th version of um you know your operating system we think it's to do with the size but it's actually not it's it's a representation that they have increased density on their motherboards but not, none of them match up but it so it doesn't actually mean that transistors are seven nanometers in size or whatever it just it, it's 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 just a a monkey that's given so we need to find a better way of assessing so one bit of advice is never just believe the figures when or don't believe that seven is automatically better than 14 that's for sure um but anyway yep yeah, the AMD have coming up with their their sort of their Zen three chips, and we've got the next round of the Ryzen um, process AMD processors. So their five thousand series processors are coming out, and and again they're all built around this new technologies, and they're all arguing that yep, 
best PC gaming uh, hardware, but we're yet to see the Intel response to that, um, which I guess is going to be coming early next year. So if you're into that kind of uh, marketplace for looking at new chips and new processors and, and with AMD's new graphics cards coming out soon, and we've seen NVIDIA's ones recently, it's quite an exciting time, although it seems like there's a lot more words being thrown around than actual products <laughs> at the moment because they're all running short. Uh, yeah, so the... So me, me as a layman, new into gaming PCs again, and I, I was asking you and a couple others just you know for a bit again. It feels like AMD still got the best price for performance ratio, but if you want the best performance, you kind of go Intel. That, I think for and games I, that is particularly true. If it's if your desktop yeah. productivity, then the extra cores that AMD use are actually more productive. Because yeah. yeah, most games yeah. don't take advantage of multi-core as well as they could. Yeah. Which I have been surprised at, but I have I have I have direct evidence now, mm. and it's like it's just one of those you kind of assume that that it would do, but but they don't. Um, and I think the Ryzen's, the new Ryzen's, are slightly dearer, but then they have far more um, cores and threads compared to Intel. So again, it's back to the what do you want to do with when you're buying your PC? What do you want to do with it? It's as ever if you're if you're in the relentless pursuit of trying to keep your PC the best thing, you know, the best consumer PC you can get. It is, I mean, it is a relentless struggle at the moment. You can't do it because you cannot get hold of all the components that you would like to because they're not available. But yeah, AMD bumping up $50 and and, and they're pushing another, rather than talking about core processor speed now, they're talking about instructions per second effectively or instructions per core per second um, because that is where they're saying they've, in, in one chip cycle, they're saying they can produce 26% more calculations. So you yeah. know, the, even though it's 4.7 megahertz, they're saying, actually, we're doing more instructions per second than we were on our 5.1 megahertz. You know, so it's just, you know, a chip because, you know, we used to when we used to talk about, a, a, I don't you know, a chip, it used to be one CPU that was running at a clock cycle that would do all the calculations. Now, because when we talk about buying a chip, we're talking about a multi-core thing, an object of, you know, effectively a, a, an array of 10 chips Um plus all the ancillaries and everything like that it, it it's not really the same thing anymore but nevertheless they are truly impressive pieces of kit and again if you are interested in at all in that looking into it there's some really great youtube videos on people who use electron microscopes to actually then go and you know scrape away the layers of these chips and and how these chips are no longer just flat you know circuitry they are a 3d model that you, you layer upon layer upon layer of of you know just atoms lined up in a very specific order it's very clever anyway the, the engineering on them is just phenomenal. amazing you know that's you know i was dipping into that before i was making a purchase you know back in like, like july august time and it was like wow you know it was just because you don't because you take it for granted yeah. and, and apple kind of they put their pr terms around it so they'll talk about how they've got you know the a14 chip and it's got this on it and that on it but they are you know all the chip makers are doing some really smart stuff around they're you know they're effectively how it works they're effectively manipulating atoms you know like we've seen ibm and showing those you know the the little stick figure man that they produced out of atoms well that's kind of what's happening on chips now and and they they effectively draw these transistors just with just moving moving atoms around it's bonkers Bonkers stuff. I'm a couple of, couple of weeks away from AMD's next announcement, which was all around their graphics cards. So yeah, it's believed they will, yeah. So they won't be seemingly as good as the new NVIDIA RTXs, but maybe you'll be able to buy one. 
maybe you're to buy one and they also you know in the the grand scheme of things they're still perfectly powerful enough and they're still pushing their you know that you will be able to run 4k games at 60 frames per second which is kind of where people are headed towards so i think that's you know yeah yeah and like I say having one versus <laughs> just knowing that they <laughs> exist somewhere is 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 surely better and maybe just in the weeds but nvidia we're talking about was it was it 20 gig versions and 16 gig versions and yeah. that looks to be scrapped now well there's talk there's you know again their, their marketing platforms uh, are certainly moving ahead of their production ca- platforms because they were talking next year about using their new seven nanometer technologies so increased density and they were like you say in talking about just bumping up to double the memory and i think most insiders believe they will be doubling up the memory um in the new year um purely that because it'll allow them to sell it for what they want to sell it for rather than uh, pretend they're going to sell it cheap and then oh no we don't have any stock um however that's all the other news because also uh last week we had was it last week we had the apple keynote it feels maybe like longer ago Anyway, was it last week? Yeah, it might be the week before, or even the. Uh, no, it was last yeah, week. Okay. It was last week. <laughs> we have the Apple keynote, and we always like to delve in a little bit to what Apple are, you know, going on about in the tech firm world. They are uh, pretty king, uh, and they continue along their very pristine presentation mode, where everything there's no hair out of alignment in any of their presentation videos anymore, uh, which is bugging me. I think you said you quite like the presentation style that they they're drawing at the moment. Um, um, but nevertheless, they had a few bits to talk about. See, the main thing for me, it's the the false applause and the people. Whoop, whoop, I, I, that used to be really great, um, but it did break up the the pristineness of it all. But it, I mean, it is, as you say, it is just an advert now, it's, and it always was an advert. But of course, yeah, and it was an advert with a yeah, very specific audience willing to, you know, you know, say that. But yeah, for me, it's just it. It's so controlled. It's just Apple to a T. That it is a representation of Apple, but not necessarily the direction I'm, I, I don't like it very much but anyway so they came out and they have talked to us about new products don't like it don't like it don't like it um home pod mini this is their sort of small speaker um like an amazon uh, you know smart speaker device but obviously you've got siri inside it but also um promoting the fact that it is better at it's like audio so it's you know gives you better audio you can tune them together you can have them linked around your house so they can be in sync playing different stuff as well as having uh siri interactions with 20 times more facts than i'm not sure than the last siri or than amazon um siri's just fell back in so siri, <laughs> so yes siri was the first you know kind of smart assistant but it quickly fell behind particularly amazon you know and google as well you know it's and, yeah. and and we'll wait and see. They, they brought in a new head, I think, about twelve to eighteen months ago. Yeah, and I guess it maybe takes time to. You know, oh, sure it course. does. You need the data but, sets before you can do the answers. But twenty times more facts. <laughs> and they also said it was the, it's the most used smart assistant, and it's like, well, yeah, on. And that's because of... people have to ask their question four times before they get the answer they want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm so funny. Um, yeah, not quite true, certainly. Um, but, but yeah, so the Siri bit does make me nervous around this because the, the you know with the Amazon devices they they have got it nailed. I've not tried a Google one. I know you've tried a Google one. The Amazon ones for me have got it nailed. You know, it's it's very frequent, very infrequent. Sorry, misfires, and um, and the you know the when you ask a question, it generally gets it right as well. I yeah, I have to say my um I would say my Android phone um misfires itself 
more often uh, than than the, my uh, Amazon devices do. Um, As does my, you know, silly devices. Problem is, I've got know, first I'm, gen I'm... of everything. I don't know if you're the same, but I've only got the first gen. So I don't know how Amazon have improved in the audio, but obviously the Echo Dots and things like that were never designed to be true audio devices. And I think so I never had the a, direction I never is had more an, towards yeah. that. His tours. I never had an Echo Dot. And, and interesting, but is the size of this feels like an Echo Dot size, but it's double the price. So lots of people were like, right, they're they're in they're in the game now because it's like hundred dollars, a hundred pounds. But nope. But it's the size of an Echo Dot yep. and the the Google smaller one as well, and they're fifty quid. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where that does it sound. It was always going to cost more, yeah. and but you know that they've put they'll have put some effort into the audio, and I, th- I you know again that's what I mean. I can't judge. I'd have to you you have to hear them side by side, don't you? Um, so I've got an Echo. I bought the original. Was it the original? The kind of tower. The tower. One? Yeah, I've still got one of those in my lounge. Yeah. Um, and that that's in a box somewhere, and I picked up an Echo Plus mm-hmm. last year, and it did sound really good. You know, and and the volume off it for I think it was a hundred ten pounds. Yeah. The volume it went to was like you know too much for me. Yeah. You know, it was in a in a small bedroom, and and you could you could really go loud with it, and it didn't start, and I thought the quality was really good. Um, and again, the HomePod. So this is a HomePod Mini. The HomePod was, I think, when it came out, it was like three hundred. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, it was like seven. It was designed to be your big, you know, lounge speakers. And, yeah. and lots of people love the sound of it. But again, it goes big. You know, it goes loud. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I'll, you know, I'll pick one of these up in November. Um, interested just because I've got some Sonos around the house. Whether it replaces, you know, that for me, particularly in. You know, I've done up my little Fortress of Solitude, which is now my my work and and play area, um, and I've got a Sonos in it, but I can't you know, I can't easily put a podcast on yeah. it. You know, just really just just obvious things. It's like that missing that smart, but you know, really really hurts it. Um, yeah, and I've got an intercom system, which I know Amazon does and Google yeah. does as well, that you can you know talk to another room, but you can also outside and from CarPlay, which is just your phone anyway, you can broadcast messages to the house i'm coming home you know you know that they'll tie it all together very, and probably better than everyone else has tied it together because they are everywhere and when someone's got one apple device you can pretty pretty sure that they're they're going to have a whole suite of those devices in their home so yeah you can pretty much guarantee that's going to happen um but we did also have the iphone announcements and quite a few of them so uh, all of this is going to be covered off by the fact that they now i think they're all 5g devices so obviously, again, they're not at the leading edge of 5G, but when they get there, they sure about tell us how they are going to absolutely maximize their 5G. And sure enough, their 5G is better than everyone else's, according to Apple. So I, I know you say, I know I said up front, I like this format, but the whole 5G bit ripped my neck. Um, Verizon was on stage. It was a very American broadcast. Um, you know, it was talking to American customers. Um, and 5G, from what I understand, is is a bit behind in America compared to other places around the world. Um, well, it's because 5G so, doesn't actually mean anything, in, but it's not a specific technology. There are multiple different technologies that can be called 5G. And and I think there've, there've, there's been, I don't know if it's, I can't remember which company in America has already been accused of cheating it because all they've done is put up a, you know, Fast you're 4G. on 5G now. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and, it's, and it's just the same. It's like, you're, you con merchants. Um, and as you say, so all the phones had 5G. Um, and there was quite so. There's an iPhone 12, there's iPhone 12 Pro, and then there's an iPhone 12 Mini, yeah, and an iPhone 12 Pro Max. Yes. So four different phones, all with 5G, 
and different this year all with OLED. So in the past, they've gone for different screens as well. So they're different screen sizes, but this year they're all OLED. Um, I'm assuming that because they've now got different size screens, people's thumbs in the world must have evolved because they used to f- swear blind that it wasn't worth having a big phone because your thumb couldn't reach it, which is very, very true. But nevertheless, they are they have embraced the the multi phone format, haven't they? Quite heavily now. Well, I think so. I think in the past, so the SE, I think sold well. But the problem the SE had in the past was they didn't put their latest stuff in, so you felt you were yep. being punished for wanting a small phone. It was, it was. Yep. I don't know. I, I, not, not a direction I, I particularly liked. To me, it should be there's a different set of different form factors and choose what you like. You know, and, and that's and, kind and of where we are. I know the, uh, I know the Pro Max or whatever enhances that a little bit, but overall, the iPhone 12 is roughly similar to each other, other than the size format, whether you want the mini one or the the slightly larger one, right? Yeah. So the 12 and 12 Pro, uh, not too much difference really. The um, you know similar cameras. The Pro has an extra camera. It's got lidar on it, uh, and it's it's back into the kind of what kind of finish you want on it. Yep. Um, so I would say the 12s are more like primary colours. The Pro are, are more the kind of glossy premium colours. Yep. Um, I actually like the fin- finish of the back on the Pro better, but I like the the aluminum sides on the 12, not the Pro better. So I've picked up a, I have picked up a Pro. I got it yesterday. Yep. So um, so with the Pro, you've got the extra camera and the lidar bit of it. Yes, I do. And the camera, I had a little quick walk around yesterday in the rain. <laughs> the camera, you know, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm upgrading from a three-year-old device. Yep. So, so it's a substantial it's step. Quite a jump, because in the past, I've just done yearly. Um, so, I mean, certainly, you know, apps, you know, fly out. And, and the, the, the iPhone I've, I've got is an iPhone X10. Well, I can't remember what you're supposed to call it. So that would have been pre-night, because obviously Google came along with night mode and all those kind of things after exactly. that, didn't it? So you have not had any of those kind of so programmatic the, enhancement of your camera. The night mode stuff in this, tried it, tried it last night and I was like, wow. Yep. You know, just, just, I, I now get why people are making a big deal about it, because you're in a dark room with just some small bits of light. And and I'm taking a picture that looks like it's fully lit. Yeah, it looks. Um, you can turn night into day. It's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Really, really, really impressive. And again, out, outside as well. You know, the pictures outside. I'd taken some deliberately just around the walks I've been doing around my local area. I'd been taking similar shots with the you know old versus new. You 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 can see the difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's harder to see on the actual screen. Um, but you pop it into you know pop it on the Mac and you're like, there's a difference. <laughs> You know, just just much clearer. So, what's the difference then between the Pro and the Pro Maxi? Is that is there any actual hardware difference, or is it purely just yes. size based difference? Yeah. So the the Pro and Pro Max, and this was my my one little like uh, around the whole thing. The Pro Max actually gets quite a different upgrade in camera, um, so it lets in far more light, and it also brings in optical image stabilization only on one of the sensors. Is that the way? So that, is, is that where they showed us with the sensor moving rather than the actual ca- the the, yeah. the lens moving? So you see some high-end cameras now doing it. So instead of in the lens, they're doing it at the sensor, and you've got inbuilt stabilization, and you've now you've now got that on on the iPhone. Time will tell. You know, the, there's lots of people who are desperate for um, the Max because the Max doesn't come out to mid-November. And that's the same as the Mini, right? So you can get the Pros now, and they standard iPhone 12 now, but then you have to wait for the Mini and the Max. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I was very tempted 
just because of the camera to go max, but it's too big. And that's it's it. You to get that, then you have to. It is a large size. So as far as form factors go, the kind of the the mini is 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 it a five point four inch uh, screen? But it's but it's in a form factor that traditionally would have been much more iPhone five like. So it's it's you know it's, it is slightly bigger than that, but it's it's a much more kind of comp- compact phone. You've got the iPhone uh, twelve, which is um, you know it's kind. I guess it is the same kind of size form factor as the the previous standard phones. And then you go to the Max, which is a is it six point? Uh, I'm not even sure what it is. Um, six point seven. So si- so, so the previous Max. Yeah, I mean they are they are pushing it. You know, so my my iPhone ten was um, five point eight, and this is now six point one. So it's it's not a huge difference, but you can you can still feel it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just that little bit more. And when I measured it at six point seven, I was like, no, I'm I'm mostly walking around with joggers at the moment, and the phone's big as it is. I do not want you know a phone sticking out the top of my pockets all the time. Yeah, that that's where it's approaching for me. The Max is just. I guess you know, you'll go to the, the store though and go and hold one when they come out just to feel what it actually you know. Feels um, like. Not at the moment. I, I ain't doing, going to any stores at the moment. Oh, you'll just have to go and buy one then. <laughs> to, 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 I must admit, so one thing yesterday, the whole Apple buying process was really slick yesterday. Yeah. Um, they have got it absolutely nailed. Your temperature checked. You're forced to, you know, somebody will put cream in your hands. You're not allowed in. They are visibly walking around desks and cleaning them all. Yeah. Uh, and I was in and out in three minutes. Uh, when you've got it that really, much money, you can do all these things without issue. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the other things that these things have got that we've maybe not touched on um, is the um, MagSafe. Yes. So MagSafe, big, big if play. you were, yeah, MagSafe, if you were a, a laptop user, was actually a really neat feature. I've still got it on your, my laptop, and it saved me yeah, a number of times. It, it's, and I, I still think it's criminal that it get dropped. So MagSafe was all about little magnet held the power supply and if you tripped up caught it instead of you know like the pc ones which are, which are typically in further and hold the pc and if you tripped over it would pull the laptop well it either pulled it, it just, either yanked the laptop away or broke the connector that you know that was yeah. being plugged into so this so this, this just basically elegantly went click and, and just fell out and and the latest macbooks you know don't have it um but magsafe is back MagSafe is now on the back of... So what they've done basically on the coil of the wireless charge area, there's now a magnet. And when you buy a case, a very expensive case, so I picked up a case yesterday for 50 quid and it's still... And it looked like just a bog-standard, say, market store case. It is. Um, but it's got it's got a little magnet in it as well. And it's also got an NFC chip in it. So that when you plug your case in, it knows it's a blue case. Or it knows it's a clear case. <laughs> And I just think it's it's like I get I get the nice subtle touches, but just just take the the mickey bit. But MagSafe they've got a whole ecosystem now, yep. so you can um, they've got not only can you charge charger. your phone inefficiently, you can. <laughs> yes, so it'll it'll magnetize and click. Um, it doesn't hold very well, and they're do they, they are they are charging at double the rate of the normal wireless chargers, but it's still twice as inefficient as just plugging the cable in and i gave up on the wireless charging probably about a year and a half ago because it was there was some mornings i'd wake up and it just wasn't right on the pad so i know the magsafe bit kind of solves it because you're now getting a little click but they've got a little wallet that clicks on and you can see from the videos this week it just falls off see put it in your pocket it just falls off does it okay yeah oh wow 
it's not that strong a magnet. Mm -hmm. Now, whether there's a fault in the early ones because they've now mysteriously delayed shipping it, because it just, I mean, it, it, it kind of clicks in. And, and I showed you before we started, you know, the kind of case clicking and you get a little yeah. animation. It knows the, the device, so there's an, there's an ecosystem approach. So then like PopSocket have already said they're going to support this for the PopSockets. But it's, it's too weak. I can only imagine they're going to do their own case and then it will support I mean, putting a pop socket on. Say shoving a strong magnet next to your device has always been a problem because of all the interference that the magnetic fields cause. So you have to shield and, and it and they have to add extra layers. And the wallet's shielded as well. So it's mm. it's like you're, you're again, all these things sound great in theory, but you're you're back into the, well, the laws of physics yeah. and what's practical. I mean, ultimately it looked, it looked you know, quite neat design. And yes, you can carry all your cards around and it hey it's next to your phone which it's you know it saves you know it's efficient to carry these two things around in one one location but you sure as heck don't want your your wallet falling away um independently of your phone or having to make Ab a choice between which one do you, <laughs> Ab one you check in on yeah a uh, uh, couple of last things just to call out um so you no longer get a plug so as soon as we're talking about power so you no longer get a plug or your pods in the case so you end up with a box um, which is probably about a third. I am sure. Oh, yes, yeah, it's very. Of the height. That's you know effectively like a, a a small hardback book cover is basically what that looks like. So there's the size of a case cover. Yeah, it's like double the height of a case cover. Yep. So not much more. Yep. So so I get the whole point from a green and shipping point of view, and and what the what they argued was well most people will have a plug anyway, and that's that's true Apple, but you've moved to USB C for the plugging bit, and most people's plugs are going to be usb a so of course they sell a charger for you know another 30 40 quid that you can yeah. or 20 quid that you can pick up in the store do yourself a favor buy one from anchor yeah we are better they're more powerful yeah and, and yeah and they're cheaper <laughs> um uh, we've seen a lot of companies make the same play which is you know all this we're giving you everything you could possibly need and it's better for the environment so it's a win-win situation but yeah it we would expect another 30 quid if you happen to want that charger back in the box uh you know anytime so yeah you can see how they're obviously going to play that environmental aspect and we shouldn't downplay that as well uh there isn't you know environmental impact to all the charges that do get produced and we you know in a world where we are running out of resources that's important but nevertheless they will still earn money out of doing the right thing so you know so yeah the final thing I'll call out, I love the design of these. Yes. So I loved I loved this design when it was iPhone 4 and 5. Yep. When the new iPad Pros came out two years ago with the kind of, you know, metal edge all round, I loved it as well. I was like, that is gorgeous. Why can't I have a phone like that? Yep. And this phone is... It's back to that. You know, as, yeah. As an object in the hand, it's just, you know, it is... I always you know, felt... Like jewelry. It is really nice. I always felt those those sharper, sort of more squared off edges felt better in the hand, um, and just you know, you, I, I held on to that device better than the the rounded edge devices that they kind of all moved towards. Uh, and I think you're not alone in that liking that you know that slightly more industrial squared off design look. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly there. It's, it's interesting. I I I love it, and I've seen, but I have seen people criticising it, saying. Apple have lost their inventive. They're just they're just rehashing old designs. But there's what? something to me about a design classic, yeah. and 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 making and making it better. And I'm not I'm not saying it's like that's the that's the kind of phone we'll all have for the next twenty years. There's obviously going to be you know we'll see thinner designs and different things happening and 
you know, curved displays and foldable displays. But but what? I but ultimately, to... what that? No one's ever shown a curved screen. I, I guess some of the ultra wide monitors, maybe the curved screen helps or whatever. But no one's ever, you know, held up a TV that's got a curved screen and actually ultimately said that's where the direction. It's like the phone is. If you're innovating for innovation's sake, that isn't proper innovation. That's just because you want something yeah. to look different. Uh, it should become off the basis of utility. And and I think these designs have proven to be the most utility focused. And and okay, I can see that that doesn't give someone the same buzz and excitement, but that's because phones are no longer that area of innovation except for in their in their camera hardware and and some of the services that you do with your phones now are, are truly incredible you know it's it's bonkers the direction they've headed in but ultimately the actual device itself is no longer the the innovation it's the it's the things it does and I, I mean some of the pictures out of this thing i mean not, not that i've taken that i've seen online are, are just jaw-dropping and we'll see i'm sure the i'm sure the 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 12 pro max terrible name um, will will again yeah. just make me slightly jealous, and probably next year's will have those things in it as well. But it was the right time for me to upgrade, um, and yeah. and I have absolutely zero regrets. Love the love it. I was it. I think I mentioned it at the time. I was still surprised to see the cameras had bumps, even though we've got a thicker design this year. The actual phone has got more space in its body. We are seeing still the bump on the camera, and I, and the only thing I can imagine is that everyone uses or the vast majority of people uses a case nowadays, and and that is a, a sensible thing to do. So it's actually flat once the case is on, because uh, I can't see any other reason why you would want those bumps. Because when you're not using a case, they are annoying. Yeah, you know, so I've got I've got it on the desk just now. It doesn't I mean there's a slight rock, but but again, it's almost like it's just become part of the design language now. Yeah. I mean, this thing's got. I mean, if you're if you're scared, of, what's the I thing know, about the, the, if you're something, wasn't it? I can't remember. They, no, is it is it oli, oliphobic or something? Or it's fear or of something? holes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got three cameras. You've got a flash. You've got lidar, and there's another little tiny one. So there's one, two, three, four, five. There's six, six little dots. You know, if I show you there. Yeah. And it's and Samsung's the same. So this is not you know this is where the the market's going. And again, another camera manufacturers, camera, the other. Um, Phone manufacturers are doing things like you know 110 you know pixel things and 10 times zooms and doing little clever things with mirrors through the you know, through the phone. So the the innovation around phones and cameras is still huge. Yep. Quick catch up story around um, British Airways and their data breach that we had uh, quite a few months ago now. Um, so 400,000 customers' data was leaked. Um, so. They originally had a fine of 184 million, but uh, the the ICO relented a bit given the financial situation of the world and especially airlines, and they've reduced that down to a 20 million pound fine now. Um, and they also sort of off the back of that said that we're seeing the British Airways are working towards and have cooperated and are working towards a better situation. So it turns out, yeah, if the economy turns down, they they don't go. Not, their intention is not to put the company into you know liquidation effectively. Um, but that's a quick update there. Um, new Microsoft app, um, Xbox app has been released. And now that allows you to stream games, your own games from your own Xbox onto that application. Um, yes. So although Apple have stopped. Um, what it's not it the xCloud. X-Cloud? Yeah, X-Cloud. yeah, so there's kind of prohibited xCloud for the moment. Although there's the, the mood music seems to be, because even the, the guy that heads up Microsoft Gaming was doing interviews for the Phil week. Spencer. He's... Yes. Um, um, so he's said that, you know, we've got some promising news and that coming early in the new year. Right. 
Um, probably the Amazon route. You know, they'll, they'll go down a web app. Um, but yeah, this allows you to stream from your own console. Yeah, and and, and so that's um, your own games on your own console, just like um, the PS4 has had that remote play feature for a while, hasn't yeah. it? But this this is separate from the uh, the the X Cloud version, which is where there, you don't have to have a console at all, and you're just playing games from uh, devices that live in the cloud. Um, but yeah, this is so allows you to yeah just say play on your devices, um, uh, and you can even do it from outside of your home um, if. Uh, if you've got enough a strong enough connection to do so um, and you've set up obviously all your routers and stuff to be allowed to do that um, but yeah uh, quite innovative and again features being released ahead of the console releases which is where these all these feature drive is coming from but um, yeah uh, yeah you made a good point yes I, I i got the new dash yesterday and you made a good point that in the past seeing the new dash was always like uh the excitement nice of getting console, a new device new dash. yeah yeah yeah, and we've already got it. So the old, the old and everyone's have all got been it. <laughs> yeah. So it really does. Um, it what, really does go down that whole route of this. This these new the consoles are no longer about being this standalone thing. It is an ecosystem. It is a family of consoles, and they're, and they're all designed to be exactly the same. You just use you buy a more expensive one to play the games that are slightly better quality. And um, the other little tip that you seem to be hitting at um, on on the. On this interview, he was doing was um, streaming sticks. You know, so at some point, you know, if you can stream from XCloud to a phone, there's nothing to stop you then plugging a stick into a TV. And then, yeah, and just having and, it on your big phone factor, yeah. And you're like, this is it's a really interesting direction that gaming's going in. Yeah, and I th- I think they've argued that they think the Xbox Series S will actually be the sweet spot for most a lot yeah. of consumers because the yep. X comes with a big price tag or big it's, it's a small price tag for what it is but it's nevertheless in console land quite a big price tag and the S hits that sweet spot of if you put them side by side I know we're going to see side by side videos and you are not going to be able to see the difference a bit you know it's going to be in that situation where someone's going to look at it and go I'm not getting the extra benefit <laughs> of all that extra cost of you're, the, you're, the device you're right so, so it's for, somebody at work described this to me it was like I, I love people like you, Ian, because you pay the early adopters a tax, and, <laughs> and I'll pick up, you know, in a year's time for a hundred quid less. Yeah, it's true. because because they just saw the Xbox and PlayStation prices too much. Yeah, yeah, it's so true that I mean, and that they, they balance off. They know that they will be the early adopters. There's people like us who are guaranteed sales of those kind of products, and then and then beyond that, they they work their marketing beyond that, don't they? Uh, interesting. Uh, that Chrome uh, or Google is working with parallels and microsoft to to run um windows applications on chromebooks uh, this is a bit of a turn left at the traffic lights because the whole point of chromebook was it was completely independent of any other operating system it was browser based it was fully secure for that reason but they are allowing you to now run uh, i say you if you are a corporation a business they might allow you to grace you with the installation of parallels which then allows these applications to run on your chromebook and i guess this is a concession that businesses are just insisting because they, there is that application that is important to their businesses just cannot run as a, a web application um uh, and so yeah so it's in a, in a kind of turn left it seems a bit strange to me but yeah they're um able to run chromebooks uh, and parallels if you're a business but it's not meant for your common garden user of a chromebook i think it shows the um just the convergence that we're starting to see across all these platforms and and the Surface, the, 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 is it the Surface X, which was the ARM chip, um, one got, got um, reviewed by the Verge this week, and they were pointing out in the past have said it's not powerful enough, mm-hmm. and they're saying, actually, this is now getting powerful enough. Yep. And we'll see 
we'll see in November the the kind of Apple ARM devices that are coming. Yeah, all all very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and and a, something that you've added in here, and, and it's a service that I'd never really come across until you, you when you added it here. But um, Descript um, was a platform that allows you to edit audio in quite a novel way. Effectively, it allows you to do audio editing via cut, copy, and paste of your of the, the text transcript, uh, including which I found quite amazing. You could write in new words, and it would use a recording of your own voice to work out what how you would say that word, and, and therefore would allow you to edit your own voice into that you know you didn't say at the time into a recording. Which I'd say it sounds a bit mind-boggling, but the reason we've got the story is because they're now moving into videos, right? Uh, yeah. So I've 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 kind of followed these guys for about a year. Some podcasts I started using it, and at first I thought that's voodoo. That's that that's not going to work and it did it's like deep fake um, for know, voice isn't it, it yeah and but, but it's a really cl- clever way of editing the, the podcast so rather than you know rather than listening to it all you're seeing it you know seeing it on screen and then and it's things like if you're a corporation imagine building up a a library of here's all the different talking points and just being able to drag and drop in you know so yeah. you think this year with covid and how many times you probably want you know you don't want your md you don't want your your line manager sitting in front doing that same talk again just drag and drop the audio bits in have a whole and being able to do it via transcript is the thing because not having huge. to have timestamps written down of specific files you can actually see well, just, exactly where it is well you think the power of so I, I i do all my all my notes i don't use a notebook you know paper notebook they're all they're all electronic i can just do control f find what i'm looking for imagine that for audio imagine if we wanted to find out when we talked about something yeah it would, you'd have to listen through hours of footage wouldn't you yep you know, listen to others or go through individual google docs and try and find which 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 time did we talk about this or the tags on the website mm-hmm. so works really well and as you say the, the big the big step they're now making is and, and i guess they've seen it from the market you know it is a video first world we're in yeah. you know although there's lots of audio video i mean you just need to look at youtube um so they've, they've now applied the same logic to video um and again i've not i've seen a quick demo of it and i was just just boggling again you, if doing. you watch youtubers and you know popular youtubers you can see the amount of edits they do they literally talk to camera and then they spend hours uh, <laughs> editing that into some sort of coherent stream and and again a lot of it's just quick and staccato cut paste it's quite jarring sometimes to watch it um but it's it's clearly a style they use and it's just how they've come to do it in an efficient way which means they can so, produce something every day I find it jarring as well, but so many people are doing it. I thought, is it just me? I, th- I find that whole... But, and, and, I find it awkward and, and uncomfortable to listen yeah. to, but nevertheless, people... It's the thing. It, it, that's the only way they can edit into a watchable video, the amount of content they produce in a quick way. But this this could be game-changing for them because if they can literally sit at their computer and then copy it into a script and a transcript that works, and they don't care about that, jarring you know and jittering that they clearly don't care about because it's already in place this just it immediately means they've got a show without having to do hours and hours of editing and 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 so part of me wanted to try it for us but then i was into the whole you know would it get our accents is it, is it i'm intrigued just to see whether it how it would yeah. sound everyone's that's a bit is a vain thing isn't it can it really it, do it but but to me it was one it's one of the few tools in the last sort of year that i've seen something really different and going wow that's somebody doing something really disruptive, really different, and and making it really easy for people. You know, if, you know, if, I, if if you think about all the people that um, that we know 
that would make better podcasts than we would, but they don't want to do the editing, yeah. they don't want to do the research, and this this takes all that pain away. I've also seen quite a few videos online where it's clearly a person who's typed in a script, and it's a very quick way of making a YouTube video. And I'm sure you know documentary series on 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 channels that are less reputable probably do similar things where it is a computerized voice just reading a script yeah. over the top. Yeah. But imagine being able to do you know your best you know version of it and then if you come back to it in editing and think oh i wish i'd said that or i needed to say that and i didn't say it being able to just to type a few more words and, and suddenly have it all come up it's amazing so where, I, where i noticed that in youtube was like a news event or a sports event and if you went and and, and searched on youtube for it you would see the the top one and it was a oh there was a crash today yes. in the you know yeah. the f1 grand prix and it was a, it was like what? And and you know and, that they, in their, that infrastructure that someone's just typed it, they've used it as their yep. web story. They've said, right, make a video for YouTube, and it's used that audio transcript with some stock, with well. some stock images. Yeah, and that's what yep. that's what happens. Yeah. Um, and and I see less of that now, mm. so I don't know if that is YouTube deprioritizing it or whether things have moved on and it is just you know this kind of technology around. But yeah, really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, you said that this was a video first world. Um, it's. <laughs> <laughs> not for Quibi it wasn't so Quibi was a service that was promoting high quality short form factor videos so these were uh, you know designed to be those short throwaway things but just done in a professional way and in, and therefore not throwaway as in try and take that short form factor that is currently throwaway and make it into something that isn't um, but they have basically come forward and said the world ain't ready for us uh, the world didn't want us and they've kind of been honest with that and said we'd trying to give some money back to our investors um we were trying to you know and, and try and let our employer sorry employees go with a bit of dignity so they just shut it all down um i, I mean i don't know about you and I, I guess it depends i guess they weren't focusing on the, the 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 uk market but i didn't see anything about this ever i didn't see anyone talking about it um i know we mentioned it when it first came up but it was also a they never had a freemium model so it was it was paid for cheaper that you still had adverts or you paid even more and that got rid of the adverts so there was no way of dipping in and they had no killer content that suddenly was the must see thing like netflix no. had with breaking bad that was the next everyone needed to go and see that in the uk and that's how it broke the uk it got it was one series did it um, but they didn't really have any of that no, their 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 USP was the if you if you took with your mobile round, it, 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 you know the, you had so if you're watching factor, it vertically, yeah. you would turn it around and it would, you would see more of what's going on. And there was I think I think I can't remember one of the directors seemingly shot something specifically for that. So you would turn it around and see like a baddie in the background that you wouldn't see vertically or something like that. Um, I always thought this just was you know doomed, but this is like magic leap for me. So Magic Leap took tons of money for VR and mixed reality, mm. and they said it's the next big thing. Quibi took in two billion in wow. investment, and the investment wasn't just from like, you know, speculators. BBC and ITV invested mm. in this. Lots of big TV companies invested in this. So I don't know if it was just mismanaged because there was no way to share content. You couldn't. They they they'd stopped you from taking a screenshot, so nobody could share. I'm watching this thing on Quibi, and it's great. Uh, the freemium yeah, the model for actors me is, yeah. and... I mean, they had the right people behind it, and as in the, the there was like right. media companies were interested, probably because the DRM was strong, um, and and they had like you say these organisations that were there, but without a freemium model which gets your content in front of people and and entices them in, and and not being able to share on top of that, how are you, how does this how does that get around? I don't I, I don't know. 
bit, bit too. But I, and, and what's what's quite sad is like how many other startups, if they had even, you know, a hundredth of that money, yeah, would have would have you know generated something compelling. Two billion. That's $2 but billion. that's you know you could, that's a whole another argument around you know where do you spend yeah. money and how do who decides that kind of thing. So yeah, as you say, the best thing they've probably done is they just killed it. Yeah, because it was when they tried. The, the, they didn't the, dig they that tried, hole deep. Yeah, no, they went. So, so rumors were they went around like you know Apple, Facebook, um, to try and sell it, mm. and they weren't interested. Then they even said, "Well, can we sell some of the content?" And they weren't interested. No, uh, and I guess why would they be? Apple can do that straight away. They've got their own media. They if they want to create short form video, they can. Hey, Facebook got Instagram and and whatever exactly, else. Exactly. They don't need this form factor. No. They're they're delivering with their own versions of this form factor. It's I mean, not the premium model, but it's the it, it's the model that sells them and sells their advertising. Yeah. I mean, rumors at the weekend. I know we're on the weekend, but rumors just yesterday, a couple of days, is like Apple are trying to buy the Bond film. That's where they're. That's where wow. they're. Yeah, exactly. That would kick up a fuss, wouldn't it? That would. That would That'd be, be like Microsoft buying Bethesda. <laughs> it would be. I mean, okay, imagine if they. And, but but it's 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 as as. You know, COVID just you know feels a bit never ending. You can't; these companies just can't keep kicking it down the track. You know, there won't be cinemas left. No. You know, and and their content is just stacking up. Yeah. You know, twenty twenty's disappeared. Everything's in twenty twenty one, including all the stuff that's getting shot this year. That'd be quite a play, I tell you. It'd be quite. A It'd play. be huge, wouldn't yeah, it? it? Really would. I almost want it to, want it to happen th- just to see what would happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same. So, so, so it's like when Disney did the. Um, when they put one of their films, I can't remember what it was now. So they they streamed a film that was going to be uh, was it Mulan? They were going to, I think it was. They were going to. It was it should have been cinemas. They postponed it and then they streamed it. And there's again rumours that Black Widow has been delayed and delayed, and they're going to just drop it around Christmas and just say it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Which again for the cinema industry is going to be. Yeah. A, well, they've said that they, they said are, the last few were the nail in the coffin. So this is this is them yeah. burying and and. Putting, putting the memorial flowers on top, and, and and Disney have been really bullish around. Hey, we've got a platform. We're going to use it now. Yeah, we've got we've got lots of people paying money. We can we can use this. There you go. That is our podcast for this week. Unless you've got anything else you want to touch on. Um, I I don't think so. We're moving into November soon. Oh November's a pretty big month for for launches. So yep, we've got lots going times. on in November. All right. Well. Let's uh, probably be our next podcast. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, digitaloutbox.com. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address. And we're on Twitter as well at digitaloutbox. I'm Chris at Cheesy. Well, Cheesy UK is my Twitter. Um, and uh, Ian, where do we find you? Um, iandick.com. But I'm just working out. It's two and a half weeks to the Xbox. Wow. So it's not long. Bunkers. Alrighty, I think we will call it at that point and so we'll talk to you very soon. Goodbye. Bye. You gonna answer it? No. <laughs> no. I'm not. Nobody ever phones me. It's going to be. This is Microsoft. You have a problem with your.